Welcome to Huntersville Lutheran Sermon Webcast. We invite you to join us here for worship every Sunday at 10 a.m. Find out more at huntersvillelc.com. Thank you for joining us today. Task and time management are two fields of study and two topics that have become increasingly in demand in the world today. They've made people millions and millions of dollars, and, and I think all of you can probably understand in some facet or another why, and let's, let's see if we can kind of discover this together. Now, I'm going to ask for a show of hands, and now this isn't meant to call anybody out, this isn't meant to embarrass anybody in the least, because I think we all struggle with this a little bit. So show of hands, how many people this past week at work or in school were distracted in some way, shape, or form to keep you from doing a certain task? Okay, almost everybody. All right, let's try this. Let's try another one. How many people at home, when you're trying to get something done, like do the dishwasher or take out the trash or whatever, found yourself distracted from completing that task in some way, shape, or form? Right, so what was it that distracted you? Was it some phone call or text message you got on your phone? Was it an email that popped up on your screen at work that maybe wasn't pertinent to work, but you figured you should answer it anyway? Was it, or was it something like happened to me as I was walking past a bookshelf in my office, I found a book I forgot I had, and all of a sudden I was reading 20 pages when I should have been doing something else? It doesn't take a whole lot for you and I to be distracted. You and I live in a world that moves at a faster pace than it ever has before, and there are more distractions in our world than there ever have been before. And it's not just that there are more distractions in this world, it's that these distractions are more accessible than they ever have been before. A text message can fly across my computer screen, make my iPad go off, buzz my wrist, and ding my phone all within a matter of seconds. And this is just one example. So you couple this fact that there are completely accessible distractions with the fact that statistically our, our attention spans are significantly less than that of our grandparents from 50 years ago, it's no wonder that task management and time management gurus and books have become increasingly popular because people want to figure out how to mitigate distractions to complete a task within a set amount of time. This is hugely important for some people. It's important for me, and I think it probably is for you by the show of hands that you all gave just a few minutes ago. There are guys who have become completely famous on writing books on how to, on how to do this stuff. Guys like Stephen Covey and Michael Hyatt, even, even a guy like Seth Godin who, who writes the, the longest running blog in the world. They've all written tips and tricks on how to be a better manager of your time and be a better task manager. And, and all of these guys, no matter who you read, they all kind of have this common thread. And in fact, some guys use the same phraseology on how to fight some of these problems. They, they talk about, don't let your brain get hijacked. They all advocate for the fact that there is a war going on for our attention, that there are all sorts of distractions that are going on that want to hijack your brain, to hijack your productivity, to keep you from doing a certain thing that you're supposed to be doing. Take, for example, a, a task at work. Or like for me, writing my sermon, I'm always tempted to go on YouTube and find like the next big viral video. Like that's always a distraction for me. And so that, that's the thing that's fighting to fighting for my attention, fighting to hijack my brain. And these guys, Michael Hyatt and Stephen Covey, Seth Godin, they will all say, in order to be a more productive employee, spouse, uh, person who contributes well to society, you have to be able to get these distractions under control in your life, and you will be well on your way to success. Or to success. And this is all fine and good, because we could all use less time in front of a computer screen. We could all use less time dealing with distractions. But what about when the distractions aren't just seeking to hijack your brain? What about these, when these distractions that you're facing are also seeking to hijack your soul? 
And when these distractions hijack your soul, they're doing something far more detrimental than failing to complete a task or failing to meet a deadline. When these things hijack your soul, they're, they're distracting you from the one thing that Jesus says has effect on your eternity that echoes into eternity. What are you supposed to do about these distractions that hijack your soul? Well, shortly after Jesus told, had that conversation with that lawyer and told him the parable of the Good Samaritan, he and his disciples continue along their way to Jerusalem. And along the way to Jerusalem, they stop at this small little village called Bethany. And there in Bethany, they encounter, Jesus encounters a woman named Martha. And Martha invites Jesus to come into her home and eat with her and her sister Mary. So Jesus finally arrives and he settles in in, in Martha and Mary's house. And as soon as he settles in, Mary Martha's sister settles in too, settles right into Jesus' feet and listens to and hangs on to every single word that Jesus says. But Martha, Martha was far too busy to be bothered to sit at Jesus' feet in that moment. She was, she was distracted by all of the preparations that had to happen for having a guest in their house. She had to make sure the house was all in order. She had to make sure that the meal was cooked and the table was set. And so you can imagine her surprise when she walked around the corner and she sees her sister Mary just sitting there on the ground listening to Jesus. As far as Martha was concerned, Mary was being lazy. In fact, she was distracted from what in Martha's mind was the one thing needful at that moment. Mary was upset and worried and concerned. She was, her soul had been hijacked by all of these distractions and it had been so hijacked, in fact, that she missed the point that there was something far greater and far better in that moment that she should have been doing. Now, we all have that one family member and friend who, when they're upset, they immediately make things personal. I'm sure you can all think about somebody like this, that, that no matter the situation, no matter, no matter who is around or, or how big the crowd is, these people, they immediately create an awkward situation that you can't wait to get out of. Like, we all know somebody like that. And this was Martha in this story. Martha is so distracted and mad and upset with her sister Mary that she involves Jesus in this awkward family situation. She goes to Jesus and says, and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all of the work on my own? Tell her to help me. Martha was, Martha was so angry and so upset and her soul had been so hijacked by all of these distractions that the only thing that she could do, that she could do was involve Jesus. And Jesus says, Martha, oh Martha, you're, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one. Only one thing is needed, and Mary has chose the better thing. Probably not the answer that Martha was expecting, was it? Martha was involved in what she thought was the one thing needed right then and there, and her heart was filled with good intentions. At least you can't blame her. She thought that the most important thing in that moment was to prepare the meal, to prepare the house, to feed her house guests. She thought the most important thing in that moment was to serve Jesus. But her soul had been so hijacked by all of those distractions that she missed the point. She missed the point that the most important thing, the better thing for her to be doing in her life right then and right there was not to be serving Jesus, but have Jesus serve her with the word. The story of Martha is an example of how easily this kind of soul hijacking with distractions and worries and concerns can happen to you and me. And that's what Jesus is trying to show us this morning. There's a war going on in the world, a war that you can't see with your own two eyes, but it's certainly happening. A war that's going on where Satan is trying every single day to hijack your soul with every distraction 
and concern and worry and problem that he can possibly throw at you. And there's some fronts of this war where, where he does a, a pretty successful job. He's pretty successful with the Marthas of this world who, who don't see any value in God. Who don't see any value in sitting at the feet of a 2,000-year-old prophet and listening to, listening to his antiquated ideals. The people who don't see any value in listening to the word of God at all. And the sad reality is that as Satan wins the war with these people is, is that they will never probably see value in Jesus, sitting at Jesus' feet or in his word at all. But this isn't the only front that Satan fights in this battle. You see, Satan also puts in tireless, tireless effort to fight against the Marys of this world too. To fight against you and me. The people who see value in God's word. The people who value spending time seated at Jesus' feet. The people who value listening to the word of God and everything that it has to offer us. And Satan tries to throw and hijack your soul with every single distraction that you can possibly imagine. And the sad reality of this battle that that Satan is, is fighting against the Marys of this world, against you and me, is that when our souls are getting hijacked by Satan, it's doubtful that we even realize it's happening in the moment. As many of you know, this past week, Andy and I have been, been in the final stages of our move, trying to frantically get everything out of our old house and into our new house for me to get my office set up and get boxes unpacked so they're not sitting everywhere, to get stuff up into the attic that's not going to be used until Christmas. It's been hectic. It's been super, super frantic. And in, in the middle of this past week, I found myself in just this foul, foul mood that, that the work in the house wasn't going the way I wanted it to. It was moving more slowly, that work stuff was piling up and I was stressed and I was angry and, and every little thing would set me off. And so when I sat down to, to study this text for this sermon from Luke chapter 10, it was like, it was like the dagger of God's law was piercing my heart. And I just could hear him say, Doug, Doug, you are concerned and worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. All week long, Satan had been winning the battle for my heart. All week long, Satan had hijacked my soul and convinced me that everything that I had going on in my life, all of the work with the house and the, and the stress of my job, Everything that I had going on was the one thing that I needed to be doing in that very moment. Satan had so hijacked my soul that he convinced me that, that even, the, even studying the text for, for my sermon, which is considered work, even studying that text for my sermon was more important than the one thing that is actually needful. Spending time sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his word. And let me tell you, it doesn't take a frantic and hectic move from a house for this to happen to you and me. It doesn't take much at all, in fact, for Satan to hijack our souls. All it takes sometimes is a word. Lunch. Work. Sunday afternoon nap. Schedule. Family. Friends. How many of you, when I said one of those words, did your minds pretty quickly go into the realm of distraction? When I said lunch, did you think about how hungry you are right now and how you haven't had enough donuts yet and how you can't wait to go home and eat whatever is going to be prepared for lunch? Satan's winning. How many of you, when I said work, did you instantly think about the stack of stuff that's waiting for you on your desk come Monday morning? Satan's winning. How many of you, when I said schedule, did you think about how hectic this upcoming week is going to be, and I have to make the most of, of the rest of the free time that you have today. Otherwise, you're not going to get any time with spouse or family or friends. 
Sometimes all it takes is a word for Satan to start winning. And if that happens in worship on a Sunday morning, when you and I know that the only thing, the one thing that we need to be doing is to be seated at Jesus' feet and listening to his word, how much more likely is it that it's going to happen when we step out of these doors and walk into a world that is ruled by Satan? How much more easily is it going to happen when Satan throws and bombards you with every single distraction that he can in this world and tries to hijack your soul? It doesn't take much. I could stand up here like a self-help task management, time management guru and give you all of the advice that I can on how to fight against these temptations and these distractions. But absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing that that I say is going to help you if you can't see spending time seated at Jesus' feet and listening to his word as the most important thing. Nothing that I say is going to help you this morning to see the one thing needful if you only see being seated at Jesus' feet and listening to his word as just another task to complete like Martha did. Nothing I say will help you at all if you see devotional time, time spent feeding yourself, time spent listening to the word of God, if you only see that as another, as another checkbox to checkbox to mark on your to-do list, that it's something you need to do, but it's not the one thing needed, then absolutely nothing I say to you this morning is going to help you fight the temptations from your soul being hijacked from seeing that. From seeing what the one thing needful actually is. Figuring out what the one thing needful actually is, is the great tension that exists between Mary and Martha, these two sisters. Martha thought that the one thing needful in her life at that moment was to be doing all of those preparations, to get lost in the frivolous distractions of preparing a house and doing these hostessing duties. But Mary, on the other hand, she was the one who chose the right thing, to choose the one thing needful, to sit at Jesus' feet and have him serve her with the word of God. And Jesus commends her. Do you remember what he says? Because there is one thing needful. Mary has chosen the better thing and it will not be taken from her. There's not just great tension in this story. There's also a great irony that exists. That yes, it's true that Mary chose the one thing needful. Chose to be seated at Jesus' feet listening to his word. But the irony is this, that, that the whole reason that she was able to choose that was because Jesus first came to Bethany. The whole reason that that Mary was able to choose the one thing needful was because Jesus came to Mary and Martha's house. Because Jesus sat down and it allowed Mary to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to him. Here's the reality. You and I will never choose the one thing needful if left on our own. The only way that we can choose the one thing needful to choose the best thing in our life, which is to sit at Jesus' feet and to listen to his word, is by having Jesus first come to us. Because our sinful nature has this nasty propensity for rejection. It has this nasty propensity to to see rejection of Jesus and his word as the one thing that is needed in your life. And it will always, always choose that. Unless Jesus comes to us first. And the way that Jesus comes to us is through his word like he is doing right now and through his sacraments like he will in just a few moments. Because it's through these words and through these sacraments that Jesus creates and strengthens and preserves and centers a faith around the one thing needful and gets you to see that his word is the one thing needful for your life, the most important thing that you can do. And when Jesus comes to you and you spend time seated at his feet, listening to the one thing needful, listening to his word, you are going to find truths that exist nowhere else in this world. You're going to find the truth that every single temptation that attempts to hijack your soul, that attempts to distract you, 
that Jesus faced it. Not only did he face it, he defeated it for you because Satan, he tried his hardest. He tried his hardest to hijack Jesus' mission for you, which was to take every single sin, every single distraction and time that you neglected the word of God and to take it on himself and to die for it and to save you from it. When Jesus comes to you and you sit at his feet and you listen to him, you're going to find the strength that you need to fight every single temptation that attempts to hijack your soul, that attempts to distract you from the one thing that you truly need. Whatever worry and concern is weighing heavily on your heart this morning, being it providing for your family or the relationship that you have with your spouse or the relationships that you have with your friends, and if it's going to continue to grow or where you live, whatever care and concern that you might have in this very moment, whatever thing is making you worry, Jesus has an answer for it in his word. He tells you explicitly, don't worry about your life. Who by worrying has added an hour to their life? Your heavenly father knows just what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the rest will be given to you. When you're bombarded by the problems in your life and the problems in this world and they attempt to hijack you and distract you from, from what you should really be focusing on, focusing on the one thing needful, Jesus has an answer for that too. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Have faith in God and faith in me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, bring your request to God and my peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. All of these things that are weighing heavily on your hearts, all of the things that seek to distract you from from sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his word, they're always going to bombard you. They're always going to try to distract you. And Satan's never going to give up trying to hijack your soul. The reality is those things, they are fleeting. They will not be there forever. But there is one thing, the one thing needful for your life that always has been and always will remain constant, the word of God. And Jesus says, heaven and earth. All of the cares and concerns and worries and problems and the things that are distracting you in this life, heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will never pass away. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord, the one thing needed, will stand forever. This morning as you walk out those doors and you enter into a world where Satan is going to continue to fight against you, to fight against your heart and to hijack your soul, I pray that God give you a heart like Mary. That he gives you a heart that sees the one thing needful for what it truly is. A heart that finds strength and respite and peace and hope and forgiveness and life in the word of God. God grant that not just today, but your entire life. Amen.